What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. You're listening to Thrill of the Chase. And a big welcome to Frill of the Chase on this Friday afternoon right around the country on SEN track. Damien Watson in the chair once again. A big weekend ahead of Greyhound Racing as per usual, particularly in Victoria. We had a big night last night at Sandown Park. We had the experts coming up against the hosts. Hutch, I think it was called Hutchie's Hosts versus the experts, the GRV experts. And guess what? Team Fitzbond, a.k.a. Hutchie's Hosts, got up in what was a entertaining night of Greyhound Racing at Sandown and Probably a little bit unpredictable in terms of reading the form as well, given some favourites got rolled and some saluted. Joining me in the chair, as always, to discuss the latest Greyhound racing news will be Mitch Abaya. Uh, he's not far away from joining us, of course, the famous Greyhound racing personality owner and breeder. It's a terrific night, no question about that. Uh, El Dorado, I really enjoyed watching him proving too strong for Retro Rocket. That was going back to race two, a good time as well in 29 0.94 seconds. Aston Shine was never headed as well in race. Well, I think it was just following that in the very dominant display at front running speed as well by almost four lengths. And also you had Kalinda Beast, who was back to its winning ways, particularly at Sandown. A very good win over 595 metres for trainer Jason Thompson, who just continues to get the job done. A time of 34.15 seconds. A dog which has gained a little bit of a cult following, I guess, is Rickett and Rick. And it was defeated last night by How Not To, by half a length in the end, 29.30 seconds of time. And I noticed Mitch, uh, in terms of uh, the rundown as well, noticed that potentially Rickett and Rick needs 600 metres as its ideal distance. Now, Mitch Abaya will be joining us very shortly to discuss the latest Greyhound racing news. Have we got you there, Mitch? Sure do, mate. Uh, yeah, good to be with you, Damo. It's uh, one of my favourite shows of the week, the old Friday afternoon. And, yeah, uh, Rickard and Rick, get him over 600, please. <laughs> well, what was the reason behind that assumption or that hypothesis, I guess? Because how not to was very, very good, one by half a length. Was there an issue with the way Rickard and Rick ran or do you think it really does just become a distance question? No, he's a, uh, he's a funny dog, Rickard and Rick, and we know that. But the one thing that I've noticed the last few weeks, and I'm not, you know, I'm no greyhound trainer and um, I'm not knocking the trainer at all, but he, he's began very, like, decently in his last couple. I'd say his last three races, he's began right up there in the top three, but he just doesn't have that early burn to be able to sustain that through the first turn. So I think if you're stepping up to the 600, uh, the 595-600, he'll be often gone on that first turn. He'll get a chance to be in that first, you know, lead him through or be the first couple. And then from there they string out and he gets a bit of space to go into his work. Whereas um, the last few weeks he's been running up bums, finding that much trouble, and he's just been a huge run. And even last night he come, he come thundering home again. They've gone 29-30. He only gone down by a third of a length or so. And, yeah, he, he made a lot of ground late. So... He's a dog that we know can run 600. I just thought they might have pulled the trigger and put him up to 600. But as soon as they do, I'll be uh, the first person to jump on board, I'll tell you right now. 
Fair enough, too. Now, how did it go last night, the little competition between Hutchie's hosts and the GRV experts? In the end, Fitzner and Boddington just got the job done by seven points. Was it a thrilling finish? It was a uh, thrilling finish, mate. Uh, last race on the card, Bocci and I were going in with a 1.5 um, point lead going into that last race, and we went the favourite at Dapto, and uh, they went about a $7 pop, and, um, yeah, for them, the $7 pop won and the favourite run second. So it uh, wasn't to be for us, but uh, I, I don't think any of us, all four of us would have lost any admirers, uh, whoever lost uh, whoever won, it was going to be it was going to be a fantastic night, no matter what. And uh, had a bit of feedback from quite a few of the listeners saying it was one of the best nights of radio oh, they'd listened to in that. a long time. So, which was absolutely fantastic. Now, who won? I guess the extrovert off, if you want to discuss that, because actually, J Bod describes himself as a bit of an introvert. He probably is away from the mic, but I mean, in terms of the way they go about it, they're very, very entertaining personalities, Miles and J Bond. Uh, I'm just wondering how the dynamic went with the two of them together because they're kind of similar in a way, those two. They are similar in a way, and that's why both of them work really well on the show with Watchy and I. Um, I suppose Watchy's more the reserved, very analytical um, person, and um, I'm a little bit more out. He can be funny with his rice. He can. No, no, oh, no, no doubt about it. He can be funny. Um, but he doesn't get as, you know, as carried away as I do or – uh, as Fitz does or J-Bon, you know, when we, we get a winner, like we go ballistic, whereas he just, you know, he, he gets up and about, but not like us. We go over the top. But, um, yeah, he, last night, Bonners ran the show. Uh, it was fantastic. He um, he was cracking jokes left, right and centre. It was fantastic. Um, and then Fitz just sat there um, probably as his little offsider and, and just found winner after winner. 12 out of 14 races he went um, – on a, on a win streak and it was absolutely absurd. And yeah, probably the first time for a while that Fitz has had the chance to um, just, you know, take the back seat and let uh, Jabon take the reins. And I think it worked well for him. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's touch on the racing itself. And by the way, Roy from Templestowe says, and if you want to text in 0499736736, g'day, Dave Amici, looking forward to the 5 p.m. ramble with a few winners. So we do have, we certainly do have a couple of races from Bendigo to touch on as well. Race seven getting underway in about 10 minutes time. So I'll get your tips there, Mitchy, before the first break, but we'll review last night's action. A lot of capable greyhounds, very competent greyhounds in action, as we know, uh, Kalinda Beast was back to its winning Sandown ways. A very good win over 595 metres for Jason Thompson, as I mentioned before. It was really a race for second once he led. It really does come down to it leading, doesn't it? It does. And uh, he's a dog that we know has always had a lot of talent, had a massive motor. He's, you know, run the hands off the clock at uh, Ballarat. He's also done the same uh, at numerous country tracks, Warrigal, et cetera, et cetera. But, he went to sale two runs back over the 680 and ran it out really, really well. Uh, sorry, 650. Um, and, yeah, ran it out really well. Um, and I, I just thought that that put him in good stead for last night's race. He was drawn well, box three. We thought he would go close to leading, and he did. Um, and once he got clear, you, you knew that neither dog was probably going to reel him in because of that preparation. He was strong. Uh, he was fit. He had yeah, that race fitness and uh, he can rattle off time. We know that. So he's gone 34 and 15. Yeah, it was a super run. And that's what I'm talking about when you step him up in distance. Same with what they probably could do with Rickard and Rick. Kalinda Beast is an okay beginner. He gets away yeah, relatively all right, but he can find trouble. Whereas when you step him up, they're slower beginners. They don't get out as well. Um, it just, it, you know, he's not racing against sprinters as such. So, um, yeah, he was super last night, Kalinda Beast. 
Fair enough, too. What about the race of Kiro Kismet? 595 metres a trip and ended up playing catch-up but chased down Nikolai Bale. It was a thrilling finale, no question about that. A time of 34.35 seconds is almost... Whilst you admire the dogs that get a good start and career away, and that's what you probably want as an owner, there's almost a greater sense of thrill and exhilaration when they come from behind. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Kuro Kismet was awesome last night. Uh, Matty Clark would have been absolutely over the moon with the way he's been going. His last run at the Meadows was super. Um, I, I thought he would probably go close last night in the field that he was in. Um, the, the main concern was just going to be avoiding trouble on the first turn with uh, Nikolai Bale because between Nikolai Bale, Fairytale Wish and Persian Goddess is a lot of early speed. And we know, as I said, you step them up in distance, they begin a lot better. And Kuro Kismet just found a really nice spot going through the first turn. And uh, once he got you know, balanced and set, uh, he was going to be hard to beat. And Nikolai Bale, I thought, was very gutsy, but just can't run out that 595 super strong. And Kuro Kismet just kept grinding away. And uh, he's always been a greyhound that's had a, a pretty handy turn of foot, but not blistering. He's probably had that more grinding effect. And um, yeah, he, d- he did it last night to perfection, 34-35, really good win. And uh, be nice to see, uh, be, sorry, exciting to see where he goes next. What were your thoughts on Zach Ed- Zach's entity, rather, who was the hot favourite? Bomb the start, did make up ground, but it was beaten by Don't Tell Bluey in the end. Is it a forgive run? Yeah, it's a forgive run. He bombed the start, something shocking. He's gone, um, what do you go, 538 to the first peg. Uh, found a lot of trouble, and then, geez, he was he was some sort of run. This dog's got an absolute engine. He's gone 29.69. He lost by just under four lengths, but from where he come from, you know, and to finish second, it was it was a massive run. He's got a monster of a motor. Dollar um, twenty was very skinny though. I hope a lot many. I hope not one. Uh, no one jumped in on that because it was always going to be a risky sort of sort of play for the amount of value that you got. So uh, don't tell Bluey got it to really nice odds, seven dollars, and yeah, uh, was super off box eight. Utilised it to perfection. Yeah, certainly did. Also, El Dorado proved too strong for Retro Rocket going back to race two. A good time as well, 29.94 seconds. Not overly fast, but a steady enough time. Yeah, steady enough time. We know El Dorado can run their hands off the clock. I think he's gone 29 and 30 at Sandown previous. And uh, it was always going to be a race between a couple. I thought it was going to be between El Dorado, uh, Rufus Scrimger and um, Ridge. And El Dorado took the chocolate. He, he positioned up really well, got into a nice spot. Um, once Retro Rocket hit the lead and skipped away down the back, I thought it was going to be game, set, match, being a strong type. But, geez, just didn't run on. I don't know whether it didn't want to go on with the job or just ran out of tickets. But, um, yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting race, that one. But Eldorado, a dog that's got a big motor. Retro Rocket was a handy run, and Rufus Scrimger ran on well. Yeah, absolutely right. And also the watchdog has texted in saying, gee, that Kuro Kismet was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, also, I want to touch on the run of Nick Spale. It was one of the highlights of the night, and it beat Draco Bar, which I understand was your best of the night, or one of your best for the night over the long distance, I guess, of 715 metres. How did you assess that run? Um, yeah, it was an interesting run from Draco Bale. It was Jay Bonds and myself. It was our best bets of the night. It was $2.50 into $2.00. Um, Watchy actually tipped Nick's bail, which uh, got us right back in the contest uh, after we'd given up a big lead. But, um, yeah, Nick's bail was super. Ran it out really well. I thought it was a really, really nice run, especially at the odds. Uh, but Draco Bell, sometimes they can fall victim to uh, second up over the staying trip. The first run up over 700 can sometimes flatten them. They'll go super. Um, you know, that some dogs that step up from the 600 to the 700, they're not used to being so close to the speed and they end up running an absolute belter. But the week later, they can be a tad flat. And I reckon that was the case with Draco Bale, just a tad flat, 
Um, Nick's bail went by as if he was kind of standing still, and then he found again, but just wasn't able to, to reel it in. 41.97, really nice time, but Nick's bail was just a class above last night. Yes, absolutely right. And carry on Maxwell, who always has had a huge motor, it's fair to say, although consistency can be a little bit of a question mark, but he was back to his brilliant best. 29.48 seconds in the win over the 515 metres. I guess the question is, can carry on Maxwell carry on with that type of form, particularly with the form of endurance? Yeah, I think he can. I reckon this is probably another one of those dogs that we'll see over 600. Now, he's bit probably in the same boat as the Rickard and Rick. He's a greyhound that's got a lot of potential, doesn't always show his consistency. Like He's always thereabouts, but without winning. Um, in, in great kennel, Tim Britton and the Britton camp are, are fantastic. They're flying. Um, he can, you know, he's a five seventeen early dog, five twenty early dog, and that's gonna, it's gonna put you in the top couple in a few races, and it's gonna put you in the back half of probably say six out of ten. So um, you got to, you know, got to cop that you're gonna cop a few checks here and there, and not always gonna get it clean. But when you step up to that six hundred, I reckon he'll be, you'll go gangbusters. He got home last night in, uh, what did he get home in ten? 41, which is actually a really nice run home time. So I think that being as strong as he is, I reckon that 600 metre won't be too far away. And the Britons aren't afraid to pull the trigger to step him up. Yeah, that's true. And it'll be interesting to see how it will progress. We've got race seven coming up at Bendigo, by the way, Mitchie. The favourite here is Killer Chandra. And it's also being matched in terms of the price on the market by me and Tommy, which is the outside dog from box number eight. Matty O has texted in saying he likes... I think accused from box number seven, which is also well supported on the market, even though its form's a little bit slipshod. What are your thoughts on yep. race seven? Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the favourite here. I'm a big, big fan of Blueberry Hill each way. This is one of my favourite dogs. Uh, it was a certainty beaten last time out. I think it, it'll be fresh off box one. It just has to avoid any trouble. The problem is with it, sometimes it can bomb the start, something shocking. It's probably close to the best dog in this race on ability, and if it gets a slice of luck and is in the top three, or say top four early, it'll be winning the race. The problem is we just can't get it too far back, but I'm happy to take the risk at $6 and $1.85 that it'll run each way. All right, fair enough. And also off the SMS, Dell from Camberwell says, Mitch, it was an awesome night last night. T-shirts were a classic. Must do it again soon. Thank you, Dell, for sending that through. I saw the T-shirts on Twitter last night. It was very well done. Who was the orchestrator behind that? Yeah, that was me. I uh, said to Watchy, hey, I want to get some T-shirts made uh, for this for this little competition or this night we're going to have. And he said, yeah, why not? We'll uh, we'll get something done. So I had to do a bit of chasing. I had to try and find a few uh, images, obviously uh, the peacock and then the watchdog. And uh, I managed to scrounge up a few little pics of uh, our fabulous hosts, uh, J-Bon and Fitz, back in the day. Em- when they were surely about- you got the most embarrassing one. That's the plan, right? <laughs> uh, when they were, tw- they were 20 years old, I... Uh, Got one of J Bon at twenty posing, and also got one of Fitz back in his um, what was it um, when he was a stock agent. So uh, yeah, I, I photoshopped that one and put a little you know Guava Cruiser in his hand instead of a nice bottle of wine, and um, put that on the back of the shirt. But no, it was all a little bit of fun. There was you know something little talking point, and hopefully we can you know do it all again in a month's time or so. Make it a bit of a, a regular theme that we can you know try and produce something like this you know once a month to obviously not wear off the novelty of what was last night, but um, I know a lot of people messaged in and, and, you know, contacted us privately and said how, how much fun they had and how enjoyable it was listening to. And I think that's, as I said before, that we all complement each other really well. There's, you know, numerous facets to all of us and um, we all have different, you know, personalities, but there's, we all can bring a little bit to the table. We know that 
But, uh, yeah, no, great night. The T-shirts, uh, they were a hit. And uh, we also had dinner in studio as well, cooked by uh, my uh, lovely girlfriend's mum, Judy. She also made us a nice curry last night, so I fed the whole studio. Fed. Uh, the missus might be listening right now, but uh, I don't know if her mum will be. But yeah, no, she cooked a, uh, a wonderful, yeah, yeah, cooked a wonderful curry. And um, uh, Tommy, um, Judd, uh, Tomo, all the boys hoed in and grabbed a plate, even a takeaway dish. So they were loving it. Oh, absolutely, that's fantastic. Uh, if you want to text him, by the way, zero four double nine seven three six seven three six. And I'm sure it was a good distraction for a lot of people last night, Mitchie, with lockdown announced again in Victoria in particular, as well as what's going on north of the Murray in New South Wales and Queensland. So it's good to know, isn't it, that racing and sport in general can be a good distraction for people, isn't it? Oh, I couldn't agree more, mate. Uh, nothing better than, you know, any sort of any sort of sport. I know we've got the Olympics going at the moment. We've got, you know, uh, we're not sure what's going on with the AFL, but racing's continuing and, and we love watching our dogs go around. And um, I suppose when you, you put the combination of a lot of banter, some humour, uh, greyhound racing and winners all together, you're, uh, you get our Thursday night lids fly show. And, uh, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And I know one of the listeners um, said he had an AirPod in um, <laughs> while watching the TV and his missus was giving him dirty looks when he kept laughing at um, oh. the boys. So was fantastic. Oh, good stuff. All right, race seven to Bendigo. Let's hit there. The front over East Street. Wide out was me and Tommy with a run, and between them was accused. They're clear from Blueberry Hill. Killer is getting into its work, but it's got six lengths to make up. Pack of Jokers and Flaming Moses. Up front, East Street took the lead on the inside of Lala Grapefruit. Right behind them was Blueberry Hill. Deeper was accused, and they're all over the track oh. here, taking the lead. East Street out wide, accused. Accused, I reckon, has got up in the last well time. Matty Street and on the inside, pack of jokers was flying home. Right there also was me and Tommy on the inside, Blueberry Hill and Killer Shander was making ground out wide. It's probably only gotten beaten a length and a half. And the last one home was Flaming Moses. The time is 28.657. Fantastic performance there from Accused. It actually drifted late on the market and it's produced, I think, 520 top totes. So a very good win there from Accused, probably against expectations. And it was coming around the outside. It was almost a blanket over the field type of scenario uh, coming towards the finish. But Accused just had too much stamina at the end. And Matty O has texted in saying, boom. So well done. It was a very good win, Accused. And uh, it's been a it's been a dog that had a massive motor. And I think it might have had an injury or a spell there somewhere. And it just hadn't come back as good as it was going early on in its career. It was absolutely flying. And like, it's good to see it get back on the winners list, but geez, uh, I thought Blueberry Hill was should have just won the race from where it was on the home turn. It was very disappointing, to be honest. I thought it was just going to go, you know, wish go. Well, I guess it's one of those situations where things could pan out in a different manner in terms yep. of the way that uh, the dogs set up and and basically made their move. So accused ahead of East Street and then pack of jokers. The numbers seven, four, and two for race seven at Bendigo. Uh, also off the SMS, Roy from Templestowe, Mitchy, that Thai restaurant in Lilydale. You tipped hashtag Wowee, one of the best. So there you go. Yep. Yeah, I uh, told them all about it on the on the show. Oh, it would have been a few months ago now, but yeah, Roy went down there. He reckons it's absolutely fantastic. And James in Bandura says, Mitch, I thought it was brilliant last night. Absolutely loved it. Mark from St. Ives in New South Wales says, first time listener, loving the chat. Hope you're hanging in there with lockdown. Good on you, Mark. It's always good, isn't it, when we have new listeners to the show? So, oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Brilliant stuff. Um, St. Ives, uh, the only reason I know that suburb, Matty Hill once had a car accident there when um, someone on their motorbike 
crashed into the back of him and the car went underneath, uh, the uh, motorbike went underneath his car and I think it smashed oh. one of the, um, I don't know, I don't know what they've got underneath the car, but not a very good mechanic or anything like that, but it did damage yeah. his car. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's the other Yeah, no, we love, we, love, we love new listeners though. The, we had a few new listeners last night and they said, um, yeah, they absolutely loved it. So that's what it's all about as, as we always say. You know, send us your text in. If you've got a few tips, you know, don't be afraid to, to shoot them down the line so we can follow them and, you know, cover them across the night, especially multis or whatnot. So we, we love that interaction. It's what makes it. Absolutely right. Zero four double nine seven three six seven three six. We'll take a break, and on the other side, we're going to discuss the Speed Star returning to the Meadows and what that means for the industry. You're listening to Thrill of the Chase on SEN Track right throughout the country. It's Damian Watson and Mitch Abaya with you on this Friday afternoon. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. And a big welcome back to Frill of the Chase on SEN Track. Damien Watson joined by Greyhound Racing personality, owner and breeder, Mitch Bayer. And Mitch, just before we get to the Speed Star, a few text messages coming through. We've got quite a few tonight, actually. Uh, Adam in Montrose has got a couple of thoroughbred tips. Uh, Port Augusta Race 7's on now. He reckons Augusta Rock is a good chance. So I might keep one eye on the screen here as they come down the straight. Gee, they have a very interesting track at Port Augusta. It's pretty much all dirt. I suppose you're sort of in a deserty type of area. It's It's a bit dry, but... Yeah, Augusta Rocky likes. It'll be interesting to see who gets up. I think the Ted's going to career home and run over the top. So also Adam liked I am because of you. Good thing of the night in the first at Newcastle. So thank you, Adam, for sending that through. It was Jackpot Johnny who got up at Port Augusta ahead of Winter Lady and India Mo. Also says... Uh, 41 bucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah, around that $40 mark. And I should also mention Mark says... Can confirm it wasn't me driving the motorcycle in St. Ives. Thank you, Mark, for uh, clarifying that. <laughs> Matty Hill won't uh, get on the uh, lawyer's phone to, to try and basically get compensation or anything like that. And also, Matty from Geelong says, one of the best shows of the year last night. And he also says, this is a different Matty. I live in Lilydale, boys. What Thai restaurant is the one Mitch likes? I think I'm on is brilliant. That's the one, Immoon. Immoon, sorry. <laughs> I misread That's that. the one, Immoon. Uh, all right. There or is go. it Matty from Matty from Lillydale, is he? Yeah, that's the that's the one. Oh, jeez. Might have might have bumped into him. I'm a, I'm a play me cricket at Lillydale, so um, yeah, not not too far away at all. Literally, Immoon Thai restaurant almost backs onto our cricket club. All right, good stuff. Uh, the speech. beautiful food there. Right, well, tell there him, tell him, Matty, Matty, if you're listening in, you have to get the. Um, uh, Padsy U beef. It is the best thing, best dish ever invented. Ever invented? Better than sliced bread. Ma- honestly, oh, cool. mate, they do they do slow cooked beef there in the Padsy U. It is elite. Oh, we should uh, sign them up as a sponsor, Mitchy. Uh, we can do a night there or something, and yeah, be nice. See uh, see if they get some form of. Well, they're getting a couple of customers already. Uh, hopefully, when lockdown ends. Now we've got the Speed Star returning to the Meadows, and this is obviously due to the fact that we had the cancellation of the National or Nationals rather on the 28th of August. So there's a programming opportunity for the Speed Star to shift across to the Meadows. Uh, in terms of the time slot, I think it's going to be a twilight time slot. There's three Speed Star races to be won over 525 metres, 600 metres and 725 metres. And there's four match races as well. We love the match race concept. How do you see this shift? I don't think it'll affect any form of quality when it comes to the Greyhounds in terms of viewers and eyeballs and everything like that. How do you think this change will come about in terms of making an effect? 
No, I think it'll be um, it'll be very good. It should be a pretty smooth transition, I suppose. Um, one thing that we all love about greyhound racing, and I think it's probably uh, just taken over since Speedstar, but this this concept is fantastic. Match racing is it's that good. It's exciting. It's fantastic to have a bet on. A lot of people, you know, they're happy to take dollar forties when I'm. I'm telling a lot of people out there, if you, you, you've got to be, geez, real careful when you're taking dollar forty, dollar fifty pops. They are greyhounds, but in a two-dog field, some of them are just gifts. So you get some people creating, you know, your four or five-leg multis and um, having a play. And there's probably a lot of people out there that aren't used to, you know, having a bet on the greyhounds that would probably play on Speedstar sort of setup. So yeah, it's it's different. It's new. Um, obviously, it's going to be yeah going ahead on Wednesday, the 25th of August, in replace of the Nationals, and hopefully we attract some. Some of the best dogs in the land, and you know what I think. The also the other thing about it is that it probably gives some of those dogs that you know might have been thereabouts that might not have got a crack at it if there's you know some of the other dogs you know aren't, aren't available. But we might see some new faces this time around. Yeah, and that's always a good thing just to introduce new figures into the sport, or at least into the uh, stratosphere of the media attention within the sport itself. Uh, by the way, Adam Montrose says, "Is that near the Olinda Hotel, eBay?" Correct. Yes, it is. Sure is. All right. There you go. It's receiving a few recommendations. So the Speedstar will return to the Meadows effectively on the Wednesday, the 25th of August. There's going to be a number of exhibition trials during the race meetings at the Meadows on Wednesday, the 11th of August, Wednesday, the 18th of August, and Saturday, the 21st of August in the lead up. So it'll be fantastic and something to really look forward to. And match winners will take home $5,000 each. Overall division winners will be decided based on individual times and pocket a cool $20,000 each. You'd love that in your back pocket. No question about that. All right, we'll take a break and we'll be back after the 5.30 news with more Thrill of the Chase. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. Welcome back. You are listening to Thrill of the Chase on this Friday afternoon on SEN Track. Damian Watson joined by Mitch Bayer. And later on in the program, we will discuss the St. Ledger and also more and more Greyhound racing, obviously, tonight from Sale and Geelong. But firstly, we'll just discuss uh, an announcement that was made over the last couple of days. We're wagering on Australian Greyhound racing. So it's not just Victoria. This encompasses the whole industry throughout the country. has surged by $2.5 billion. So the popularity, particularly in lockdown, is probably growing exponentially, eBay. Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? Uh, how's the, the growth um, from, you know, obviously last year where it was at $6.9 billion to nine point four. Uh, this financial year and what it also shows is that uh, it's not just you know people wanting to have a punt because you know you can you can bet on anything there's sports there's horses there's the trotters um there's basketball you name it you can bet on anything but greyhounds is obviously taking some sort of interest from um from a lot more punters out there which is great to see because um not only is it the, the greatest code of racing but um I, I love it when you see new people into the game that you know don't mind having a little bet here and there but actually learning something about it so what it will do it'll draw more attention to our game um it'll get more people involved and for those that, that do play and have a punt on it they'll, they'll say oh well, why don't we try and you know if we, we have a win we have a little punters club why don't we buy a dog so um th- that could be the end result out of all of this and no, it's fantastic to see do you think it comes down to the fact or i suppose you could say opinion that greyhound racing in general is probably a little bit easier to understand for the lay racing follower, those that don't necessarily follow racing in general, any of the three codes, but 
they're exposed to it in some way. It's probably one of the easiest and shorter and sharper and more compact forms of racing to actually understand. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's um, one thing that I've always said that it's easiest to bet on um, greyhounds. And and I, like I even speak to Jay Bond about it last night and last week that he he's found it a lot easier to understand the form. And um, for someone that's not you know a, a natural greyhound person, he's obviously the harness base. But how easy it is to pick up and and how true greyhounds are to to their form. Whereas you look at the horses and a lot of people out there, they love having a bet on the horses on a Saturday afternoon. They all love having a bet on the horses, but you go through all the factors involved. There's obviously you get your jockey on um, and then your rail out your track, how the horse will handle the track. But with greyhounds, once they're in the box, that's it. It's they're, they're usually very reliable. As I said, I think I've said before that if I took a dog to say Sandown or the Meadows and it was a five a dog that went 520 to the first marker and ran, you know, 19, 10 down the back. It will run within a couple of lengths of that every time around. It, they are that consistent. So that's why I think it's easier for people to read the form and understand, okay, well, this is how this is going to pan out, and this is the type of dog we're looking at here, and they can run this time. So um, I, I think it is the easiest to understand, and obviously there's box statistics and all that sort of stuff now. So there's a lot a lot of detail out there for, for the punter to really, you know, make life easy when it comes to assessing it. And I, I just think it's a really – it's an exciting – um, thing greyhound racing i think that's what probably um gets people the most that it's most races you're looking anywhere from 17 seconds to say 40 it's it's over and done like super quick so yeah i, I reckon it's it's probably the most exciting and um captivating well there's a significant growth in wagering how much of that does come down purely to the lockdowns around the country and how much of it probably extends beyond that sole reason do you think Oh, geez, yeah. You're asking me to go into the details there, Damon. That's something I, <laughs> something I don't really <laughs> Something I don't really know. Um, but it, yeah, it says it says in the article that uh, it can a lot of it can largely be attributed to obviously a time where COVID landscape. But at the same time, you have to understand that it, it, people are still at home. But for those out there that aren't earning their normal. Well, and and for those people that aren't earning their normal income, they may you know like say, oh, hang on, well we we can't. You know, go out and then have a little play on uh, this dog or go and back this horse because, you know, we've got other things to prioritise our money towards as well. So there has to be that sort of look at it as well. That's a fair point you make. Uh, By the way, we've got the next coming up at Bendigo, race number eight. We've already got a couple of uh, text messages in terms of tips off the text machine. The favourites here, Smart as Jack and Zipping Zabo, both on the outside, boxes seven and eight respectively. Matty O likes the eight, seven, and three trifecta. Zipping Zabo from Smart as Jack and then Irene to star. And the other Matty, Matty from Geelong, says four, five, and eight. He likes Dash of Rain to get up at long odds to defeat. Uh, well, I don't think he can be five because it's a vacant box, but uh, to defeat Zipping Zabo. So he's liking Dash of Rain. What are your thoughts for race eight? No, I'm a big fan of the seven here. I think Smart as Jack wins this. He's a. He's a very experienced dog when it comes to Bendigo. Uh, what's he got? Ten starts for four wins um, and three places. And I think over this track and trip, he's five starts for three or four wins. So his form has been super. He just got done the other day behind Ferdinand Boy. He's probably one of the best in the business. I think he leads this in wins, vacant boxes inside. I'm going to be playing the seven to win to beat the two and the four. I don't think that the eight will get across uh, early zipping Zabo. So, yeah, seven to beat the two and four exacta. All right, smart as Jack on top uh, reckons Mitchell Bayer, which is now second favourite. Zipping Zabo shortened a little bit on the market, and it is now favourite from box number eight. So they're almost set to line up there. That'll be over 500 metres. 
Uh, just in relation to the wagering as well, uh, I guess it is important that the industry doesn't rest on its laurels in any way, shape or form. So you think that'll be extended, that sort of wagering growth can be extended to different parts of the industry, participants, equipment promotion, that sort of thing? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, with the growth, when when something grows, then, you know, hopefully there's that flow-on effect that, you know, it can go to certain areas that may need it. And um, hopefully that um, different parts of your industry can can thrive um, a, a little bit more. And, and there's always room for growth in, in our sport. We know that. We, we know that, you know, there's, there's areas there that we can tend to to make them better um and i know we've been big on you know sort of marketing the game and this that and the other and and i think it's worked it's um it's been fantastic and i think that's what we have to look at keep doing trying to keep push our game out there get new people involved get get people wanting to own greyhounds and and uh, adopt them once they finish racing yeah it's a decent point they're just about to box them in at bendigo race number eight over 500 metres and still taking a look at the market. The favourite here, Zipping Zabo, has shortened significantly just in the last couple of minutes. So it really has changed the, the dynamics of the market. Uh, so feel free to text in, by the way, 0499 736 736. All right, let's head to Bendigo Race 8. And Cornhill Tigers, the outsider of the field. They're all in. Set. Racing and an even line. Speed in the middle, dash of rain. Wide out, Zipping Zabo. And getting slightly checked was as uh, smart as Jack as Zipping Zabo took off. Mm. Leads out four lengths now on Irene's a star and smart as Jack. Cornhill Tiger and a gap to dash of rain. But Zipping Zabo looking good for the 100,000. Leads out by five lengths. Smart as Jack to second. Cornhill Tiger down the outside. It's Zipping Zabo in front. And Zipping Zabo only a length in the end. But gets home over Cornhill Tiger and smart as Jack third ahead of Irene's a star fourth and Dash of Rain was the last one home 28.646 the time. Oh, unfortunate for you, Mitchie. Smart as Jack was checked in the run, finished third, but zipping Zabo far too good and it was the favourite and justified its favouritism. Yeah, it was a good win. It was a very good win. Um, geez, I reckon if smart as Jack didn't get touched, he was going to just absolutely brain him. Uh, what's he lost by? He lost by, say, length and a half and he probably lost you know a couple there when he had the momentum he was right up inside zipping zabo and it probably cost him all right we'll take a break and on the other side we'll discuss tomorrow night's warrigal saint ledger and of course tonight's racing as well and there's plenty to come across the weekend don't forget you can tune into sale sundays with our very own mitch Bayer and jason boddington as well as grv's rob popplestone from sundays at 5 p.m and we do this, of course, for Gray's Bistro Takeaway, pick-up or free delivery and sale. Order online from 5pm daily. We'll take a break. Back with more Thrill of the Chase after this. Welcome back to Thrill of the Chase. Now, we're just having an issue with the breaks here. So what we might do is get your best bets for tonight, uh, obviously with a couple of meetings to come, Mitch. It'll be interesting to see how the dogs will perform tonight at Sale as well as Geelong. Who is your, I guess, uh, best bets to look out for at Sale? Um, so we're going to, yeah, we'll head to Sale first and then we will head to uh, Geelong after that. And it's a uh, interesting, interesting meeting. There's a few nice uh, types going around. Firstly, at Sale. Now, I hate doing this, but um, I own a dog in race two, race two, number four. His name's Booker, um, but there's a dog in that race, and I think that he's going to be too good for us. It's a four-dog field. I reckon he's got his chance to win this week, double on ice. Uh, he went 25-16 last week, and 
Uh, I, I don't know if our bloke can run that. Probably at his best, he'll get close. But uh, I just think that the way the race is situated, the the race form will um, will probably prove just the little difference. And I think he's around two dollars eighty. So that's race two number one. Yep. Um, the others I like were um, where is he? Race. Sorry, I've lost it here. Uh, race six, number two, zero cool. I thought this Greyhound was good last time out at Sandown. Um, it, it'll appreciate this drop in class. It's it's a Greyhound that's you know contested some very big races you know in in the past, and I, I think this is its chance to win when it hasn't won for a little while now. But it'll return to form tonight and win well. Um, and then my third one at sale I liked was race seven, number two, made me blind. It's a Greyhound that's absolutely flying at the moment. Won four in a row. One at Warrigal in 22 and 40, Bendigo in 23.82, just a faultless beginner. Gets up to the 500, should be off and gone on the first turn. And, um, yeah, yeah, it should be uh, should be a class above. Yeah, absolutely. We've also got Geelong tonight and a number of races there, 12 on the card. Who are your best bets? Yeah, so at Geelong, I'm a fan of uh, race one, number four, Rocky Horror. Uh, really well bred this dog, Fernando Bell, Pietra Allen, uh, vacant box outside. This is a is a hard race. There's a maiden, uh, no real exposed form besides a couple of dogs. And uh, I just think that, you know, it might have a bit of early speed. The, the mum was quite strong. Fernando's got um, got a bit of speed and it's only a young sort of pup. So I reckon whatever it does tonight will improve on. Um, the the dam line produced uh, Hecton Bale, who was an absolute superstar. So keep an eye on race one, number four there. Uh, I'm also a fan of race four, number one, Gracie Bale. Uh, this greyhound's been flying at the moment, winning at sale two runs back, a big run at sale last week behind Sue Harley. Uh, loves the rails draw and will be pretty hard to beat. I think the main danger is Soda Savile in that one there. And then uh, I had one later on in the card. I'm just trying to flick through my form and get it up so I can analyse um, what I was going to talk about. Um, it is in race number 10. Yep. Sorry, and I've just lost it. Well, you got Rocky Queen there, Aston Xavier, Katie Cortis, Helmut Giblets, Five Putt Cal, Blackpool Cruise, Joffers Monaro, and Only Dream in the lineup. Yeah, it it was the uh, it was the red mate. I thought the red might have held a position Rocky on the rail there with a slow yeah with a slow beginner to its outside Aston Xavier, um, a decent beginner in Katie Cortis. I reckon Katie Cortis will provide cover there on the first turn. Uh, it's just a, it's just a race where there doesn't look to be you know a great amount of depth, and I reckon this thing can um, can skip away. So. Uh, I just thought that around the, I think it was around $4 mark, uh, I thought it was pretty good value. And I think it may have, yeah, never, yeah opened around 360. It's out to 380. But not a lot of movement in the race, to be honest. It's a, it's a pretty open race. But I just thought the rails draw with, you know, pretty good early speed was going to be hard to beat. Now, we've also got St. Ledger night at Warrigal. We had the heats for the St. Ledger last week. And it's going to be an interesting Occasion in race number eight with the final $25,000 worth of prize money up for grabs. And certainly the market mover, and I guess the favourite in many respects throughout the week has been Kablenz from box number two is one of the best beginners in the game and could steal a big break in the middle of the race. You've also got Power of Buddy from box number three, the New South Wales dog who was fantastic when placed in his heat and should follow Kablenz, you would think, and utilise that pace. And you've also got Aston Fastnet on the outside from box number eight, although it does require some fortune at times to prevail. Who do you think is going to win here? And what is a classy lineup, I guess, for the St. Ledger final? 
Yeah, this is an absolute corker, this race, isn't it? There's some of the best in the business going around. Uh, keep it blue off the red. A greyhound that, you know, can run absolute time when it wants to uh, and gets a little bit of luck. Koblenz is probably the best dog in the country at the moment. Um, most exciting anyway. 17 wins out of 24 starts. He's an absolute superstar. Um, also, obviously, Power Buddy being scratched. Disappointing. Eight starts for five wins, two seconds in his career. He goes out. In comes Black Avenger. Um, who was okay last week, a greyhound that can possess early speed at times. Um, Keep It Black, another greyhound that, you know, can run super time. I thought it was very impressive last week, Keep It Black. Um, Shimmer Classic was blistering early last week, went 6.39 to the first peg, 25.57. Hennessy's a greyhound that can run absolute times on its day, 25.87, 25.67 PB in the shoot hands of Ash Terry. Uh, Quara Bale, probably the number one bitch in the country at the moment, 337,000 to date in her career, and she's only just over two-year-old. So won numerous group races, 32 starts in the career for 19 wins. Andrea Daly trained. And then Aston Fastnet, huge run last week, absolutely massive. I would have loved him drawn inside because I reckon he would have been a massive chance. Not that he's not, but Jason Thompson, the name next to there um, as the trainer, that always you know is, adds a little bit of value there because um, he is a class, he's a very, very classy trainer. He wins a lot of these races. Um, and when I mean adds a bit of value, I don't mean, you know, to the price because it, it'll trim up, but adds a little bit to uh, the merit of this dog. Um, it, it is a really hard race to assess. Koblenz is probably going to be the obvious way to go because he's so good early. Got a couple of slow beginners drawn either side and he should be able to hold a spot there on the rail. But to be honest, I'm a big fan of Keep It Black. I reckon it is a greyhound that hopefully can hold a position Near Shimmer Classic, Shimmer Classic wants off the track, so I reckon Keep It Black will get a nice run at him. Um, and if it can be close enough to Koblenz on the home turn, I reckon it can go close to reeling it in. But I'm going to go with the favourite Koblenz because I think he'll lead and be pretty hard to beat. Yeah, I know you're pretty bullish about Koblenz. I think you tipped it, was it last week as well? So it certainly is a dog to really figure prominently. And do any of the outside chances, do you think, have an opportunity? I mean, you got Keep It Blue from Box 1 who has the good draw, keep it black for box four for Angela Langton, who's, I think, finished in the top two in four of its last five. Is there a chance of an upset at any stage? Oh, of course there is. It's Greyhound Racing. We know that, that Koblenz yeah. um, misses the kick and someone else, you know, pings the lids and they're often gone and uh, sometimes you can't reel him in. Like, we look through the odds here. Keep it blue, $26. Koblenz is your favourite at twos. Uh, your second favourite is Aston Fastnet, 390 Quara Bowl at 480 Shimmer Classic, $7. That's probably the one I'd be going um, the the four and the five keep it black nineteen dollars that is an abs- that's ridiculous overs uh, and three twenty to place that's yeah that's stupid uh, and Shimmer Classic seven dollars and a dollar eighty five they're probably the two main dangers I'd say um, Shimmer Classic was blistering early last week would have led any dog in this race um, comfortably just the last fifty meters as a worry runs out of tickets at times and um, keep it black at nineteen dollars that is there yeah, that's overs there so I'll be looking at boxing something up potentially probably throw a blends in um, shimmer classic keep it black and then either maybe choir of and Aston fastnet but as we know this race usually goes on to produce an absolute superstar that'll go on and have you know, some sort of career, whether it be stud career or, um, you know, win six, seven, eight hundred thousand. So keep an eye on the race tomorrow. Warrigal St. Ledger final, race eight at 7.44. I also want to touch on the Simon Benson Memorial final if we can, because they had the heats last yep. week with the two heats from memory last week. Fernando Mick 
is probably the favourite at this point. Maybe a little bit more of an open race compared to the St. Ledger final, although the St. Ledger final, you have quite a few chances in there as well. But I'm just talking market price-wise. Fernando Mick has a very good turn of foot, particularly from the 50-metre to 150-metre mark. So if it has a little bit of room, it's going to be hard to beat. Ultimate Avenger has the good draw from box number one. Uh, Derry Express has claims from box four. Who do you think will prevail in the Cyber Benson Memorial Final? I'm a big fan of the four here. Derry Express I was on it last week. Um, tipped it on the show when we were obviously a week ago now, the Friday show, and said Derry Express looked like it was going to be hard to beat. Um, would beat Blue Tiger and Fernando Mick, and that was the uh, that was the way it panned out. But I just think it'll lead again. 6:46 early humming. Noah uh, Meadow slow beginner outside. Greyhound drawn inside, which is the reserve now. Will either be People Get Ready or Silverman, either either. Um, I'm tipping it maybe Silverman, but I'm not too sure. Um, either way, I think Derry Express will just be too quick early. Roll to the front, 25-72, trained by Anthony as a party. Um, I don't think any other dog in the race could probably head it early. And uh, Blue Tiger's a, a really classy animal, but only goes 662 to the first peg and isn't the greatest dog when it gets a pr- the pressure gets put on. So, yeah, Derry Express there to, uh, for me, the four to beat the eight. Do you think in regards to the Simon Benson Memorial Final and also the St. Ledger Final, it'll be very interesting to see if the favourites do get up. I also want to ask you, uh, in terms yep. of the remainder of the beating at Warrigal, any other bets to look out for? Uh, obviously, Rebellious goes around in race seven. Um, it was disappointing last week, no doubt about it. Uh, he had box one, didn't like the pressure. The five is scratched, so he's got two vacant boxes drawn outside. Rebellious should roll to the front and absolutely give him a hiding. Um, Mapunga Rejects got box one and we know how good uh, Mapunga Reject is off box one and I thought Rumafile was a really nice run last week so I reckon that could be a little exact there I reckon Rebellious could beat Rumafile um, and yeah Rumafile the place he's $41 well been tipped you know at $41 to win the race but I reckon you may get fives or sixes to place so uh, race seven number two there and um, there's a lot there's a, a lot of chances there's open races all through the card mate um a greyhound that's been in some, you know, pretty good form earlier on in the card uh, in the free-for-all is uh, Emma Banjo won the other day. Uh, beat, beat a class lineup, beat Sneaky Mojo, 22.77. Throw cautions in that race as well. Aussie Secret, probably the greyhound to beat in that race. But, yeah, some cracking racing, mate, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic racing, not only tonight, but also tomorrow night, underpinned by the St. Ledger final at Warrigal. Mitch, enjoy your weekend. I'll be in lockdown. Yeah, you too, Damo. I look forward to seeing you soon, mate. Good stuff. Mitch Abaya joining us here on Thrill of the Chase. Thanks for your company. Stay tuned to SEN Track. we got Betfair Edge Victoria up next with Miles Fitzner and Tommy Haylock. And after that, I'll be joined by Tim O'Connor for Friday Night Racing right here on SEN Track. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.